Hello and welcome to another Miss B Writes podcast. In this episode, we speak to Cromanting, the founder of the Gutter Souls brand, a line of ethical footwear built and operated in Ghana. So, thank you. Thanks for you know giving us some of your time. Thank you, and it's good to be in touch with you and on the podcast interview. I really appreciate it. Thank you. So, tell us more about um, Gutter Souls. Well, we are a company that started in 2012, and our initial intention was to design a shoe that was durable enough to handle surface conditions in a crop. And so this is like the initial idea. But then in making the prototypes and in paying the artists who I was working with on the project, I saw what everybody was doing with the money. And I became inspired to say, that, wow, this could be a model for the rest of Africa that we don't really need. NGOs or charities or aid or anything like that. We just need the ability to access another market mm. and an idea that's good enough. So then, you know, it turned into this thing of, wow, we can make this, you know, it's not just a business or something. It's more of a, an idea. Yeah. So you talked Sorry. about what they were doing with the money. So what do you mean? What were they doing with it? Well, I just saw them put new roofs on the house and new floors, new windows and, you know, People started to look better, meaning they were eating better. And, like, you know, I just saw that they were doing for themselves and mm. that they didn't really need any direction. It was just opportunity more. Yeah, I see that. But you know what? It sounds like a really simple idea. Like, it's it's not rocket science. So why haven't, why haven't we done it before? Why hasn't it worked in a big way before? Well, I mean, I can't speak for anybody else. But I just know that uh, sometimes the intentions and perspective are not in the right place. Mm. And maybe that's why nobody's, you know, seen it simply like that. But this to me, that was all I need to see was, okay, I didn't tell them anything. I just paid them and they made their own lives better. And I didn't pay them, but the people paid them from the idea that we had. So it was just so easy for me to put it together. Okay. So it sounds to me like you had an idea, but it kind of grew outside of what you had originally intended. So it had a life of its own? Yeah, yeah, on many levels. Like, I told you it was a creative thing at first, like, just like a song Mm. or something like that. When I saw uh, kind of the first shoe with two pieces of fabric, it didn't have a tire on it or any beating or anything, and I saw kind of everything in my head. Hmm. So it was a creative project, but then when I saw what they did with the money, it turned into a social project. But then the demand of the product made me have to turn it into a business. Yeah. But I had to do that backwards, like after the demand was already there. So this was a a very big challenge, and it still is even now, because we didn't start the company with investment or a round table saying, hey, I want to own a sneaker company, or, you know, it wasn't like that. Yeah, no, I see that. And and I wanted to ask, because um, that's not your background. You're not a cobbler, or you're not a businessman in the sense of creating a business, you know, the type that you have. So how, how much of a learning curve is that? You're a musician, aren't you? Yeah, I'm a musician, and I mean, I have some college experience. I didn't graduate, but I took business courses in college. But that, okay. I don't think that really helps me. I think that, um, like I said, it's creativity. Mm. It's something that we all have. Uh, but as an artist, I kind of gave myself a lot of experiences in actualization yeah. and making my thoughts real. So the shoe brands are more like a song or anything else I've ever created. And uh, 
I work with the artists on the shoes just like I would in the studio. So Ooh. the learning curve comes in at the business level uh, where, I, like I said, we had to create it backwards and it somehow worked, but it is very challenging to be a creator and to put yourself in the, in the box of business and have to do certain things and in certain times. And, you know, I, I think that I can look at, uh, it's sad to say, but a lot of my friends in America who were into their own street activities, mm. entrepreneurial-wise, and just looking at what they did. And some of them were doing illegal things or something, but I never looked at it like that. I just looked at it, what they did to get to the result. And so this is kind of like uh, how I looked at the shoes, I guess. Um, just it's something that we have to uh, put into some kind of definition, I guess. But I, as an artist, I had no background with business, so. So what could you share with us um, in terms of that learning curve, like an example or like a, something big that happened to you that, you know, helped you to learn? I think even the crowdfunding campaign yeah. was a, a bit of that because we didn't know how to get funding mm. and we didn't know how to bring in any money. And we were already making enough money selling shoes initially and we really didn't need funding. But then, you know, in order to grow, you need something else and so I feel like uh, the learning curve came by jumping in an opportunity uh, to do a crowdfunding campaign and generate money out of nowhere Yeah. and not looking at it you know in a, in a different way not saying it was a mistake I love that we did it and the support that we got was amazing but it just was the wrong format uh, to actualize something and the way that we actualized everything was organically and it wasn't through uh, kind of pushing it. Okay. So, yeah, that, that's one learning curve, but there's so many others. That's just some crowdfunding, but they're, you know, just registering the business. I mean, uh, paying taxes, keeping up with the company fees. Like, I mean, these things are, are foreign. Yeah. You have to really plan these things, you know. So, so were you able to, you know, you talked about organic growth or things coming organically, but things like that, you need, you need, an expert or somebody who's had experience of doing that so doesn't the organic part come up to a point and then after that you do have to push it well yeah if you want it to be a business mm. you have to push it but in my case it, it was a little bit easier because of my background in hip-hop mm. um already i've been working in the industry i work for universal i work for rough riders i work for no limit and i mean i've seen people generate revenue by doing business so you know i think i got lucky i know a couple of artists like dead prez you know mm -hmm. and i gave them the shoes and you know they pushed it not like somebody who was coming to them with shoes but as a friend as friend i have to give credit to uh i have a few mentors mm -hmm. of people who have uh guided me through the process and i think the number one person i have to mention is john beto he is a nigerian producer Mm. Super producer. He's from Rap A Lot Records. He used to produce uh, for the Ghetto Boys, and he has you know huge songs out there. And he has a lot of uh, experience with yeah. business at that next level, and you know pushing things. And he has definitely been a guiding light through the process. That's really cool. He talked about how friends you were able to sort of lean on friends, and they were able to help to push uh, the product for you, Gutter Souls. Yeah, yeah, it, it really is, and it can only, I mean, take you so far, because, like, we uh, have had organic stuff, and we've had people who have just been inspired, Yeah, you know, and who want to get involved, 
And I haven't really, uh, I don't believe in kind of paying people, you know, I believe it, if anything, we can share the profits of it if there's that much of an impact. Mm. But uh, I'm not, you know, we're not an actual marketing company that gets out here and, you mm. know, targets, you know, these things. It's just people who I know and people who are interested in the product mm. who we choose to, you know, put as ambassadors of people who carry the product forward. Yeah, and I see that. I don't know if she's an ambassador, but Michaela Cole, chewing gum. Yeah, Michaela. Michaela is not like an official ambas- ambassador, but we know each other. Uh, met a couple of times, and she is such. Uh, she's a big inspiration to me mm. because chewing gum, like when it came out, even as an American Ghanaian mm. kind of raised, uh, I related with everything that was on that show. Yeah. It was so funny to me. It was so creative. When I found out that she wrote it, it was like, come on. like, And I, we, we ran into each other organically, Cry, and uh, her and Olisa, who was also on the show on Chewing Gum, they definitely wanted to support me. But Michaela, unfortunately, doesn't really wear shoes like what we design or what we're pushing. So I gave her a, a shoe bag, and she definitely uses the shoe bag and, you know, kind of reps it. And Olisa has a pair of shoes and a shoe bag as well. So it's things like that. Like, you just meet up with people, and, I mean, uh, I think that you have to be cool or you have to have some kind of vibe in order for them to, you know, carry the product forward in the right way. Thanks for listening to this podcast. In part two... Cromanting explains how he fuses his music into the Gutter Souls brand and why his shoes help to promote environmental sustainability and veganism. For more content, follow us on Instagram and YouTube at Miss B Writes. That's M I S B Triple E W R I T E S on Twitter at Miss B and on our website at www.missbwrites.co.uk That's M-S-B-Rights at co.uk